0: Hey, it's Greg Brown. Grab your logbook cuz it's time for another cockpit adventure from the Flying Carpet. I'm an aviation author, adventure columnist, photographer, former National Flight Instructor of the Year, and Barnes and Noble Arizona Author of the Month. The Flying Carpet is a four-place single-engine light airplane. In it, my wife Jean and I have long traveled the North American continent, searching behind clouds for the real America and experiencing aerial adventures like today's all along the way. Learn more at my website, gregbrownflyingcarpet.com, where you can also see photos from most episodes. And I'd appreciate your feedback in my Flying Carpet Podcast Facebook group. Welcome to Flying Carpet Podcast Flight Number 28, Cowpunchers Reunion. A Rough Ride Home. Some of you may remember meeting my cowboy buddy, Baldy Ivy, way back in Flying Carpet Podcast Flight Number Two, Cowboy Pilot, in which Gene and I were first invited to the annual Cowpunchers Reunion. If you don't remember that episode or haven't heard it, you might want to take a few moments to review Flight Number Two and get to know Baldy before starting this one. But either way, I predict you'll get a kick out of joining our flying adventure to attend a unique working cowboys rodeo, not to mention some of the piloting travails coming and going. Okay, everyone, hop aboard my flying carpet, snug up your seatbelts, and prepare for takeoff on today's adventure Cowpunchers Reunion. Clear prop. Ever since my cowboy pilot buddy, Baldy invited Gene and me to the Arizona Cowpunchers reunion, we'd look forward to attending. Located in the northern Arizona ranching town of Williams, this is no glitzy pro rodeo. Entry is restricted to authentic working cowboys. What's more, our son Austin was to join us flying there from Phoenix, as was another pilot friend, Dan so you can imagine our disappointment when weather worries arose on Rodeo Day. Granted, we faced nothing worse than a high overcast that morning, but moist and unstable air foreboded difficulties to come. Williams lies at 6,700 feet elevation in the shadow of 9,200-foot Bill Williams Mountain. This is on the Coconino Plateau west of Flagstaff. Despite generally benign weather in Arizona's southwestern deserts, Williams lies in the state's northern high country, frequently fraught with thunderstorms.
1: This afternoon's forecast calls for only isolated thunderstorms,
0: the briefer told me.
1: But yesterday, under similar conditions, storms congregated atop Williams and Flagstaff.
0: He reiterated that our destination lies in the storm-propagating rim country dividing Arizona's low southwestern deserts from the high Coconino Plateau. Baldy offered little encouragement when I phoned for advice.
1: Truthfully, Greg, I really want you guys to come up, but you need to know that at yesterday's rodeo it started raining around starting time at 1 o'clock and continued into the evening. It was miserable and we expect the same thing today. So if you do come, bring rain gear and warm clothes and be prepared to stay overnight.
0: Concerned, I queried my companions. The flying weather's fine this morning, I told Dan, but can you afford to stay over if we get stranded overnight? No, he said, disappointed. I can't miss work tomorrow. He elected to stay home. I shouldn't miss work either, said Jean. But I'm ready for some adventure. I say if we get stuck, so be it. But let's go. Austin agreed. So packing ponchos, parkas, and overnight bags, we headed for Falcon Field Airport, where we were then based. Elated to finally launch skyward, we sailed serenely northwestward under a high overcast. Although smooth sailing at the time, the amount of visible moisture indeed suggested the weather could deteriorate. Then rain showers materialized over Flagstaff, but radar confirmed that any thunderstorms lay east of our route. Joining gliders in the traffic pattern at Williams-Clark Memorial Field, we waited our turn to land under ominous skies. We were just securing the cockpit cover in anticipation of rain when Baldy showed up. Howdy, ma'am, he said to Gene with a tip of his cowboy hat. We piled into Baldy's aging Sentra for the five minute ride to the rodeo grounds. Along with one door tied shut, the passenger window didn't work, so Baldy showed Austin how to close it by holding two wires together. It works, said Austin as the first raindrops began to fall. All these people look so fit, exclaimed Jean upon reaching the rodeo grounds. She gestured toward muscular cowboys wearing tight blue jeans, one sauntered by like John Wayne. It was true. These are ranch folks who lead active physical lives. Competitors and spectators alike wore colorful western gear. Even young children sported chaps and boots. Males of all ages twirled lariats, and you could tell it was from habit, not for show. The stands contained only a few hundred spectators, all dressed in ranch garb. These are all my friends, said Baldy, with a sweep of his hand, as we settled in. See that family over there? They nursed me back to health when I broke my pelvis rounding up backcountry strays. We take care of each other. As if to emphasize the point, the rodeo announcer opened with good news. I'm happy to report that the toddler who fell from the bleachers yesterday was airlifted to a Phoenix hospital and should pull through just fine. The family thanks everyone who donated toward medical expenses. We raised over $10,000. And if Sonny Smith will report to the announcer's stand, we'll return the coat you loaned to cover the boy while waiting for the ambulance. With a cheer from the crowd and a peal of thunder, the rodeo now began. A downpour soon followed, and elegantly attired cowboys rolled uncomplaining in the mud. The rodeo started with traditional events like roping and bronc busting. A big bonus of attending with someone knowledgeable like Baldy was learning how such competitions are scored. It's much more sophisticated than the casual viewer might assume. For example, points are deducted if a bronc buster's hand touches the saddle horn. Next, however, came non-traditional homegrown events like junior steer riding, young children aged 7 to 10 riding yearling calves, and centennial team roping where the combined ages of the two ropers must exceed a hundred. And wild horse racing. Oh, and as described at my previous meeting with Baldy, wild cow milking by a three-cowboy team. One ropes, one mugs, and one milks. Each team must fill a Coke bottle and race to the finish line to empty it. A particular crowd-pleaser was ribbon roping. Each competing cowboy roped a calf. Then his daughter or spouse raced on foot to the finish line with a ribbon she had untied from the animal's tail. See that woman in black, said Baldy, pointing out a contestant in one of the few all-female roping teams? That's Nancy, who can cowboy with the best of them. Nancy is one tough lady, knocked out two men in a bar one night after they made passes at her. Guess it's no surprise after spending seven years in the pen. Despite such characters, Baldy noted proudly that in 22 years attending this rodeo, he'd never seen an animal injured. I'd gone down to photograph rodeo action at the edge of the arena when a wind gust lifted the canvas pavilion covering the bleachers dumping accumulated rainwater on me as Baldy and my family laughed from the stands. Rain continued intermittently until the last hour of the rodeo, when skies partially cleared. Baldy invited us to dine with him in Williams, but the aviation weather briefer said we should get on our way.
1: You have a clear shot home right now, but there's still plenty of thunderstorm activity around so it might not last. Currently, there are just a few small cells over cottonwood. You can easily steer around them.
0: With a pump of my hand and a tip of his hat to Jean, our host delivered us at the airport and we rotated skyward. Sure enough, a short detour over Prescott circumnavigated the weather. We were just dodging a final shower when Albuquerque Center switched us over to Phoenix Approach.
1: I've just talked to Falcon Field Tower, and there's no way you'll get in
0: there, said the Phoenix controller to my surprise. A big line of thunderstorms just hit there with crosswinds gusting to 37 knots. Having heard nothing of such weather, I was dumbfounded. How about Scottsdale Airport, I asked trying to gather my wits.
1: The storm will beat you there. In fact, you'll be lucky to make Deer Valley Airport.
0: Sure enough, after being cleared by Deer Valley Tower to land, we turned downwind to face a wicked wall of dust and rain. Parking our flying carpet in front of that approaching storm seems like a really bad idea, I told my companions. Canceling our landing request, I negotiated routing with Phoenix Approach for Austin to steer us southwest to Goodyear Airport, farther from the storm's main path. Although we were now south of the most severe weather, there was no hangar available at Goodyear, and we barely had time to tie down the flying carpet in the face of an approaching haboob. That's desert terminology for an intense rolling dust storm pushed by a gust front preceding a line of thunderstorms. Worried about our airplane and still 50 miles from home, we scouted emergency accommodations before soothing our feathers over tacos and enchiladas at Raul and Teresa's Mexican restaurant. To our delight, when we emerged an hour later, The fast-moving storm had zoomed mercifully north and west, leaving clear skies and our uninjured airplane behind. Emotion engulfed me that evening as we soared homeward over the sparkling lights of Phoenix, crowned by copper twilight. How thrilling that my family would willingly accompany me on such exploits. Even rodeo cowboys might marvel at such a flight. Moments later, a stiff night crosswind welcomed us home to Falcon Field. Was that adequate adventure for today? I asked Jean as we taxied in. Yes, she replied, grinning. More than adequate. Again, if you haven't heard Flying Carpet Podcast number 2, where I first met Baldy, that one's called Cowboy Pilot, I encourage you to have a listen. I know you'll get a kick out of it. By now you know that Baldy's a cool guy and an interesting character. Coming soon is a Flying Carpet episode covering perhaps his biggest aviation adventure. It's called Cowboy Flying Lesson, Perils of an Off-Airport Takeoff. Believe me, that one you won't want to miss. Thanks for riding along on today's Flying Carpet Adventure. Please help me continue this podcast by sharing your favorite Flying Carpet episodes on social media, posting reviews on your favorite podcast directories, and donating via my Greg Brown Flying Carpet website. Thanks in advance for your support. You can find photos from most episodes at my website, gregbrownflyingcarpet.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please check out my book of aviation adventure stories, Flying Carpet: The Soul of an Airplane, for which I was named Barnes & Noble Arizona Author of the Month. Learn about that and my other aviation books at gregbrownflyingcarpet.com. Also at gregbrownflyingcarpet.com, you'll find my views from the Flying Carpet aerial photography, available in fine art metal prints and pilot achievement plaques. Oh, and I'd appreciate hearing your feedback in my Flying Carpet Podcast Facebook group. Follow my social media sites, most of which can be found by searching Greg Brown Flying Carpet. And consider joining my student pilot pep talk group on Facebook. Thanks again for joining me on today's Flying Carpet Cockpit Adventure. Music by Hannes Brown. See you next time.